Thanks for joining us today. This is Choose to be Curious, a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton. Come, choose to be curious with us. Some time ago, I did a show on solutions journalism. My guest, Marie von Hoften, explained this approach to news storytelling, which seemed vitally important in our current climate. She said, you know you're listening to a solutions journalism story when it focuses on a response to a serious social challenge, has some transferable insight, has evidence and data, and illuminates limitations or shortcomings of the response. Solutions journalism attempts to investigate and explain in a critical and clear-eyed way how people are trying to solve widely shared problems. While a lot of journalism focuses on what's gone wrong, solutions journalism looks at responses to problems that are also newsworthy. I'm not a journalist. I don't play one on TV or radio, but I do know a good story when I see one. So when I read about the launch of an Askable Adults effort taking shape in Arlington, Virginia, my ears pricked right up. Goal number one of the program is to build the capacity of adults in Arlington to be non-judgmental and approachable resources and supports for youth in the county. And on the short list of key skills that make adults more askable, be a curious co-pilot. So how does one teach people to be askable, to be a curious co-pilot? And doesn't helping adults be curious co-pilots inevitably involve helping young people feel confident enough in the adults around them that they will even express their curiosity? Research shows that solutions journalism feels more interesting, trustworthy, and uplifting than regular news, and that it inspires people to get involved. So very much in that spirit, I reached out to Ashley Blow at Project Peace, Arlington County's Coordinated Community Response to Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence, which had launched Askable Adults. Project Peace and its partners believe that everyone has a role to play in supporting the health and well-being of children and youth. According to their research, the most common feature among youth who develop resilience to stress and adversity is having at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive parent, caregiver, or other adult. So I'm delighted to have Ashley Blow, Siobhan Grayson, and Scott Young joining me today to tell us more about Askable Adults. Welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks, Lynn. So excited to be here. I'm going to ask each of you to introduce yourselves so that our listeners can connect your names and voices and get to know each of you. And Ashley, may I start with you? Absolutely. So again, I'm Ashley Blow. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the training and prevention specialist for Project Peace. I have a background in program development, implementation. I spend a lot of my time working with youth. That really is my jam. (laughs) Adults are cool, but I really love to be with youth and kind of uplifting their voice and their power to make change in this world in terms of prevention. So I do a lot of primary prevention work. I also have a background in mental health counseling. 
So I've worked with survivors and I've also worked with those who have used coercive and controlling behaviors just to really enhance healthy relationships and behaviors within our community. My name is Scottney Young. I use she, her pronouns as well. And I'm the prevention and outreach program manager at Doorways in Arlington. And we are a domestic and sexual violence response organization. We support survivors of intimate partner violence. We have direct services like a 24-hour hotline, as well as counseling services, court advocacy services. And then we also do prevention work. So we're not only supporting survivors, but we're working to end intimate partner violence before it ever begins. And that's where I come in. And my background is I'm a social worker. I have a master's in social work, and I'm also a sexual health educator. And I started doing sexual health education abroad as a Peace Corps volunteer many years ago and have taken that and done international development work in different countries. And now recently here in Arlington, doing prevention education, teaching people how to have healthy relationships, because it really is a skill that we don't get to learn, especially young people. We never want to talk to them about love or sexuality or any of these things, and then kind of hope that they have good relationships when they grow up. And so really trying to change that and making sure that skills and resources are available for the different uh, members in our community. Uh, Siobhan, last but not least, tell us about you. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, my name is Siobhan Grayson, and I am a social worker by trade. I started out as a social worker in child welfare with the Department of Human Services, Child and Family Services Division, and I am currently working under the prevention unit, and in that capacity, I am the youth outreach coordinator. And so I work directly with youth in the community. As I said, I have a child welfare background with families and youth, but I am also trained in mental health first aid and youth engagement. Um, and as Ashley so eloquently put it, youth are my jam. I, I love working with <laughs> families and youth, but you know, I really am excited about helping lay foundations and, and, and just the groundwork for the youth uh, in our community. So give us some context. What's the problem you're trying to solve with the Askable Adult Initiative? And why is that important? Yeah, you know, when I when I read that question, um, I thought to myself, are we trying to solve something? Are we trying to get ahead of something? Where where are we landing within this? Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's a conundrum because really we're we're trying to more or less create an environment that is something that is conducive to youth being able to be advocates for and in their well-being situations of, of either mental health, physical health, all of those things that, that they experience throughout their lives. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure that, that I would agree that solving it, but we are moving towards, you know, just creating that space for, for youth and adults to be able to communicate well together and to have a, an environment that empowers them to just feel comfortable interacting uh, within the spheres that they are, are privy to in school, in the community, and not being afraid that adults will not be able to handle or talk with uh, about mm -hmm. various things. Because, you know, as adults, we sometimes are, are afraid to bring up things thinking, oh, we're going to create something more than we want to here. But that's not really the case. You know, it's, it's the, the communication between generations is very important. 
And so with Askable Adult, we're just kind of, we're trying to set a tone that, that it has an environment where kids can, can talk and express themselves and, and feel free to do so and adults will listen. Yeah. So Ashley, why is that important? I mean, why does it matter that adults listen to young people? <laughs> For so many reasons, right? I think historically, we, especially generationally, right, there's been this idea that youth should mind adults, really censoring their voice, really silencing them. So giving them a platform where they can be themselves, where they can express themselves is so valuable because we will ultimately hand this world over to them and suppressing their voice or even disallowing them to have an opportunity to speak really, you know, sets them up for failure. It doesn't give them an opportunity to grow. It doesn't give them an opportunity to strengthen skills, try out new things, and ultimately become the people that they want to be. Again, to your question of what problem you're trying to solve, I really love the way that Siobhan put that in. We're just trying to make things better, right? There's There might not necessarily be something that we're trying to solve. But I think as we, we started to kind of break this down and decide what we wanted to do, I can think of kind of maybe an internal problem, if you will, right? So a lot of us talking around the county, especially within prevention work of, you know, what can be done for youth? What are our next steps? How can we help support them? And I think we really landed on this approach of where is the shared protective factor, right? We want to promote healthy relationships. And what's one thing that we can do to get at all those prevention things that we look at? So as Siobhan uh, stated, when we're looking at mental health, suicide prevention, underage alcohol use or substance abuse, where we're looking at preventing dating violence and things of that sort, we kind of come to this nucleus of a trusted adult, a safe person. So when we go back and we look at some of the data associated with that, especially within our own county, our own community, hey, you know, 42% of middle and high school youth are saying that I talk to someone at home about what matters to me frequently or always right? So that's 42%. So there's a large percent of youth that are not doing that. And that's something that we can hone in to really try to support and change. So one of the tenants, what I might call a curiosity practice in solutions journalism is they look around and ask who is doing it better. I mean, I imagine you did the same thing, right? And in your literature, I see a lot of reference to work from the Vermont Network Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. And I wonder, were they sort of the the originators of the Askable Adult approach? And if so, or even if not, what was it about that approach that attracted your attention as a way of getting at that challenge? So one of the things that we started saying internally was trusted adults. Youth need trusted adults, right? So what can we do around this idea of trusted adults? So as we sat around the table and we really workshopped that, one of the first things that came out was we need some new language. We need different language because trusted is so ambiguous and it means a million things to different people. So how can we really operationalize this and make it something that is concrete? So as, again, you say it, Lynn, we started doing the lit reviews. We started doing some of the research and what popped up was the Askable Adult campaign out of Vermont. So the Vermont Coalition Against Sexual and Domestic Violence they already had a really robust Askable Adult campaign. And we really appreciated a lot of the elements that they used within that campaign. And that really was our starting point, right? We put the pulse there and we started to develop this program to adapt it to our community, right? We wanted to make something that our youth would respond to, the adults 
in in our community would really see a call for action. So that that was kind of our starting point of using a lot of the things that Vermont had laid out there for us. I think that I speak for Siobhan and Scottney when I say we are not about reinventing the wheel, right? If someone has something out there and it is great and we have consent, because we're all big on that too, to use those materials, we really want to use it and kind of make this shared effort across the nation. Cool. So, so Scottney, what are the program components? I mean, what's, what's involved in this package that you all have been building out? Yeah, thanks, Lynn. So Ashley has done a ton of work in kind of guiding us through this process. And as a group through Project Peace, we kind of looked at what Vermont was doing. We looked through what would be relevant for our community because we also want to make sure that we're being responsive to our community, which might look different from how they implemented it and where they implemented it in Vermont. And so part of what's involved in the program is, or in the campaign really is first and foremost, uplifting some of the things that Ashley and Siobhan have mentioned about just letting people know that so many young people in Arlington don't have an askable adult, don't have someone that they feel like they can connect to, because I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. And to Ashley's earlier point, we can try to solve these individual, or solve in quotation marks, right? We can try to address some of these individual issues of mental health, intimate partner violence, substance abuse, et cetera. But really, it would make more sense to try to move the needle a little bit on something that that can, can really set a foundation for addressing all of those things down the line, right? And so having that askable adult and in working on that, we're thinking, what are the skills that adults need to improve communication with young people? Because it's very hard to communicate with young people when you feel like you don't know the things that they're interested in, you can't relate anymore. And then there's also that message that is so prevalent in society that they should listen to me as an adult, right? <laughs> Why am I listening to them? And so trying to really help grownups see that, you know, there's a lot of benefit in in helping that young person be curious and know that you're someone that's safe to do that with. And so our program involves an educational workshop that we facilitate and it focuses on developing these skills for adults to improve that communication with young people. And so it's it's four skills in particular, building, trusting, and affirming relationships, because again, that's a skill, building relationships and, or I I don't want to say making someone trust you, but building that trust with somebody, it takes time and it looks different for every relationship that you have. So that's definitely a skill. And then commit to consistent connections because with young people, they understand consistency, right? Ashley always gives this example in our training. We might have friends as adults. We don't see them every day. We understand that our friends, they know that we're there when they need us. We don't talk to them every day, but we call them once a month, once every three months, and it's like no time has passed. We get to catch up. With young people, they don't necessarily understand that we're still thinking about them if we're not talking to them or not seeing them. So we have to make an effort to be consistent with them. And so our workshop covers, you know, how, what are some ways to do that? What are some ways to, to pay attention to them, to follow up with them, to make them feel like we're a consistent person they can come to. And then the third skill is commit to caring communication because we have to 
communicate without judgment. If we really want young people to feel safe, we have some survey data from the Vermont program that says that's one of the number one things that young people want in an askable adult is someone that they can feel doesn't judge them, right? And so how do we do that? So we talk about that. And then our fourth one, which you mentioned uh, at the top of the hour, was to be a curious co-pilot acknowledge that we don't know everything. And sometimes we don't acknowledge that with young people. And that can be really powerful for that relationship is to let them know we don't know everything, but we want to learn it together, right? We want to be curious and ask those questions and find credible sources for where to find that information. Of course, that fourth step, I mean, I I didn't even know that that was there when I originally thought, oh, what a great project. And then when I saw Be a Curious Copilot, I thought, oh, You're listening to Choose to be Curious, conversations about curiosity in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm joined today by Ashley Blow, Siobhan Grayson, and Scott Young as we talk about the Askable Adult Initiative in Arlington, Virginia, an effort that builds the capacity of adults to be non-judgmental and approachable resources and supports for youth in the county. There's really interesting research about the importance of kids having some confidence that the adults are being straight with them and not sort of overconfident. And as you all say in your literature, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm here to help you hold these questions and maybe explore it a little bit. And I think that's such an interesting and important piece of this, because I think sometimes people hear mentor and it means like expert, but that's not at all what you're talking about, is it? No, I'm, no, I'm looking at all three. Yeah. Of you. The audience can't see you, but all three I of you. Know. Like, uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. and that, that's exactly yeah. right. And and I, you know, I think a lot of us get that question a lot uh, working with parents of like, I don't know what to say, or with teachers or other folks who work with young people of like, I'm afraid to talk about this topic because I don't know everything about it. And a big part of the training and the resources we have is to reinforce that idea that you don't have to know everything about it. And honestly, admitting that you don't know stuff goes so far with young people and letting them know they can trust you. You're not just going to tell them something and then, you know, doing the work together to figure that out or, you know, directing them to somebody who, who does know something about that particular topic can be really helpful as well in, in creating those connections and making sure that you are askable. Right, right. The program is, and the resources are geared to the adults, obviously the whole point of this, but there's also the other half of the equation. For those of you, for youth is your jam, are there things that you're doing that help young people feel safe in expressing their curiosity? Or is that really going to come on the heels of the adults showing up in ways that make that curiosity feel okay? There's a program that I work with that one of the foundations of that is that youth engagement and youth empowerment and having them feel as though they have the tools to be able to step into these adult areas and speak from their perspective and be heard, right? So we do a lot of work around advocacy we do a lot of work around community service, so they get that link. And then we, we try to help them develop some leadership skills as well. You know, when we do presentations or when we go into the community, one of our, one of our first statements is, we don't make things up right? So if somebody's asked a question, you know, we're like, oh, don't, don't make it up. Just say you don't know. I mean, that's a perfectly 
legitimate way to respond to someone and say, hey, you know, I don't know the answer, but let's figure it out together or I'll get back to you, something of that nature. So when you start out with youth driving them in that direction and then bringing the adults along, then that marries very well uh, when they're together and, and trying to figure out things. So we really try to make sure that we focus on youth being utilized in ways that don't promote tokenism that they're brought in on the on the ground floor of events and projects where they also have a say whether it is something that affects them directly as youth or it affects the family system that is being addressed within the community right you know kids are they're more connected these days and they're going to talk to each other so we want to make sure that they're saying the things that you know they have the right information to be able to communicate with each other and then to be able to communicate those things comfortably and, and successfully with the adult population. Because I think, uh, you know, as, as Ashley said, there's this fear, there's this misunderstanding that that youth should be seen and, and not heard. And that's just, it's not a thing anymore. I mean, these kids are well-versed in a lot of things. And they're the ones they know what's happening. A good example, you know, a few years ago, my kids came to me and they were like, we got to talk about this. We got to do something about this, this whole vaping thing, right? This was, this was like a year and a half, almost two years before anybody else was talking about it. Getting ahead of things like that with information and, you know, alerting the adults, hey, this is happening. Um, and then being able to figure out together how that works. The other piece of that is that, you know, Ashley and Scottney can speak to this, but they are working on an intergenerational training component as well, where youth will be trained and they will be trained to become trainers, co-trainers with adults. So that, again, gives us the picture of this is work that's being done on a different level than anything else is done in terms of meeting the needs of, of youth and the community. Huh. I mean, right there, there are a couple of what I would call curiosity practices, right? The sort of, you know, wondering in partnership, not just sort of thinking about this stuff off in isolation, paying attention to youth, that's actually a curiosity practice more of us could probably be using, right? I'm wondering if there are other curiosity practices you use yourself or that you feel like you help others cultivate that would be good to share today. You've dropped so many pearls of wisdom. I just want to harvest whatever else more I can get. Yeah, to, to answer your question, Lynn, and also build on some of the things that Siobhan just shared with us, one of those kind of tenets of the program that Siobhan works with, the Teen Network Board, is this idea of nothing about them without them. When we're referencing youth, youth and also this idea of guide, not decide. So I always like to tell people that you know, I, I have a young son and I like to say that, you know, I'm his tour guide, right? <laughs> like for the next 18 years, like I'm here, I'm your tour, tour guide, right? But it is up to you to ultimately make those decisions. It's up to you to make your choices, right? I can tell you, hey, here are some things that might happen if you go left and here are some things that might happen if you go right. And then you might decide to go straight. So that that is kind of their autonomy that we want to give them to, to make those decisions, but be here to support them. And I think in this idea that Siobhan was sharing about really empowerment attached to that is this idea of engagement. So there is really when we talk about an askable adult or we talk about a trusted grown up attached to that is connectedness and belonging, a sense of belonging. And you do that through meaningful and power, powerful engagement, right? So it's 
as Siobhan said, it's not this idea of just, I'll ask you when I need the answer, but through all elements of the process, right? I'm bringing you in. And that gives them, I think, a sense of voice to use it in the, in those situations where they feel necessary. And, you know, they, they strengthen their voice in that way. And I think that that allows them to, to really develop in coming up with the answers on their own and then pulling us in when they need to. So the last thing that I wanted to add was, and I think as adults, as grownups, it can be really hard. And we struggle with this idea of shared power, right? And we've, we've got to share the power in order for youth to, to develop and to grow. And again, as I keep going back to this idea of, of strengthening their voice, and they can only do that when we're sharing the power and it, and it can be hard. And in terms of tips for being curious, especially as it relates to building relationships with young people, because, you know, that's what we're all about. I think it's so important to remember that askable the, the word kind of implies a continuous state of being, right? When you're building a relationship with a young person, you don't have to have these single conversations. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a sex educator and people always talk about, you know, the talk, the birds and bees talk, right? And really shouldn't have to be one talk. None of these important issues in young people's lives is going to be a one and done conversation. You have to continue to engage, as Ashley said, over time. I like to talk about it like those stop and go tourist buses, where it's like, you know, you get off, you have a conversation when something comes up, maybe you hear a song lyric in the car about unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy relationship behaviors. Ask that young person, you know, what do you think about that? What if somebody said that to you? What would that be like? Finding those little moments where you can have those conversations to really take the pressure off that you have to have the thing to say in that moment and have that perfect conversation tied with a bow, because that's not really how it works. And that's not continuous. You're continuing this this relationship with that young person. And then secondly, don't be afraid to make mistakes and then own those mistakes, because that also goes a long way. Not only does it go a long way in building that trust with that young person. Hey, when you asked me about this. I said this, I responded this way, and then I thought about it and I looked it up and it turns out I was actually wrong. Um, this is what I found. Like, what do you think about that? I, I, I maybe should have looked it up first, right? You're not only letting them know that they can trust you, you're modeling what it looks like to take accountability, to take responsibility for the things that you say and for your actions. And so I think those are two ways to continue to be curious together. You've been listening to Choose to be Curious. You can find this and all my previous episodes on my website, choosetobecurious.com. I hope you follow me there and on social media at Choose to be Curious. Many thanks to my guests, Ashley Blow, Siobhan Grayson, and Scott Nee Young. More information about Askable Adults, as well as my solution journalism conversation and all that research on asking questions on my website. Check it out. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack, and this is Turning to You by Landsman Duet via Blue Dot Sessions. Until next time, choose to be curious. Askable Adult really uplifts youth voices by giving them permission to name who is askable for them, even if that individual is outside of their parents, right? So this is not to usurp parents. This is not to cut them out of the equation because we recognize that those in parenting roles are also askable adults. However, you know, the focus on this initiative is ensuring every young person in Arlington County has identified at least one person that they consider askable. 
So again, the reality is, you know, sometimes they feel more comfortable having difficult conversations with someone outside of that parenting role. And what's true for all of us, youth, adults alike, is that we all have different people that we talk about different topics with. So, you know, what's better than one askable adult? Multiple askable adults. 